Hey guys, welcome to How Not To Be A Dick When Going Out To Eat. I'm Summer. Now let's get our shift started. Come on, just stab your tickets. Coming in corner. It's so cold in here. Can you turn the heat up? Hey, can you put the game on the TV? 86 Salmon. Hello, my ghoulish listeners. I'm still in full spooky season mode on the podcast, especially since today is Friday the 13th. Watch out for all those scary Karens and Chads if you're working tonight. Fuck them bitches. So today I'll be sharing some spooky stories with you all. Sit back, grab a beer, or in my case, a seltzer, and get ready for a scary good time. And don't be too scared. I'm not singing this time. First story. In 1920s, Fred Pumpernickel fell into the, in the silo of his small farm trying to get rats out of the corn and suffocated. After his death, no other farmer was able to successfully work the land. Strange and unusual droughts would cause their crops to fail. Their livestock would run away. Eventually, everything had to be torn down. Almost a hundred years later, the area was turned into a vibrant business park. A brewery was built right over the former silo area. And once this brewery was up and running, weird things started to happen. First, the lights would flash and flicker, and no electrician could ever figure out why. Items would be in places that they shouldn't be, and no, it wasn't because the staff was too lazy to put it in the right spot. Dishes would randomly fall off the shelves without so much as a bump from the drunk bartender. The staff became slightly freaked out about all of these occurrences. Finally, one of the young cocky bartenders decided to do a little research about the building. He stumbled upon the story of Fred Pumpernickel's death and all of the failing farms that followed it. He decided that dear old dead Fred was haunting the building. So then the staff began to believe that Fred was a good ghost. And the hauntings were more prankish than scary. Everything was going great at the brewery again. One day the manager decided he was going to be a dick. I know, not shocking. To Fred and brought his saging stick in. He tried to banish Fred from the brewery, burning his white sage all around the building. But all that did was piss Fred off. And the ghost decided to make this manager pay for his offense. In the middle of a busy, what the fuck is happening shift... Fred dropped the chandelier to the ground behind the bar, just as the manager was getting out of the bartender's fucking way. No staff was harmed, but sadly no Karens or Chads were either. But clearly, the bartender and the rest of the staff was very shaken by this. During a much larger event, the dickhead manager was placing food in the dumbwaiter to send to the upstairs party room, and Fred decided this is it and slammed the doors shut on the manager's forearm and tried to send the dumbwaiter up with the food and a forearm. Luckily for the manager, the kitchen staff was able to free him just in time. Kegs would almost fall on him while he was doing inventory. Fred would lock him in rooms. It got to the point that the manager and none of the staff would want to be alone in the building. The manager decided to dig heels in on ridding the brewery of Fred. He called in a psychic. The psychic was able to communicate with Fred. Fred said he'd stop haunting the place, but only and only if the manager would learn how to make cuts and quit being a dick to the staff. I don't know about you, but I like Fred. Story two. The new chef, Eric, was a young, cocky, and very talented at designing interesting dishes. 
He always wore his chef coat with pride. The staff always asked him about the name on his coat, though, because instead of it saying Chef Eric, it read in bright red stitching, Hanny. Eric would always answer, that's just what my friends call me, anytime somebody would ask about it. At first, Eric was pretty cool and chill. He was helpful when the front of house needed something or had questions. He was very helpful when it came to getting his back of house staff their requests of time off. He made family meals and would sit around with the staff drinking a beer and chatting it up. But after about eight months, things started to change. Chef Eric started to become impatient with the staff and even customers who complained. Verbally abusive was an understatement to how cruel Chef Eric's temper could be. His bag of house staff started to no-call, no-show on their shifts. They would seemingly just drop off the face of the planet. But weirdly, all of these disappearances seemed to make Chef Eric calmer and nicer. The front of house staff all decided he probably just started drinking while working or perhaps he was doing a lines in the cooler. But the reason Chef Eric had a sudden switch to the happy life was much more sinister than drugs or alcohol. And on a particularly busy evening where the entire staff was deep in the weeds, a Karen sent her food back and said it didn't taste right to her. Chef Eric was right back into one of his famous dickhead meltdowns and went out to see exactly what was going on. Karen said she had ordered the tiny beef tacos and the beef had a strange taste and texture to it. Chef Eric responded, it's not tiny beef tacos, it's Tony beef tacos. It turns out this young cocky dickhead chef, nicknamed Hanny, was a cannibal and his savory dishes were his missing staff. Yeah, I don't think I'm gonna eat at that restaurant, guys. Story three. The restaurant famously had a no bullshit policy when it came to dealing with customers. In this particular spot, the customers were never right. One cold fall evening, the staff was hanging around the bar waiting for the evening rush to start. The front door opened and they all turned to see who was coming in, hoping they'd finally get sat at table. In walked a middle-aged woman with a short blonde bob haircut, wearing her two-type yoga pants, mom life sweatshirt, and swinging around a purse that was damn near bigger than her oldest child. The staff all groaned and said, not my section, to the host. Finally, this lady gets settled into a booth with her three kids and a meek husband. Instantly, she was loud and demanding to her server, trying to order off menu, snapping her fingers at her server whenever she needed something, slamming plates around, and allowing her children to run around the fucking restaurant and throw food at each other. She finally asked, I'm sorry, I'm sorry, she finally snapped for the server to bring her check. The lady looked at the check, straightened her back, took a deep breath, and got the look of excitement on her face because she thought she was about to get her way. She told the server that her kids' meals should be free. The server said no, they didn't do discounts on kids' food. The lady grew louder and meaner as they went back and forth over the issue. Finally, the server walked away and grabbed the manager because she's not paid to fucking do that. The manager, having seen how bitchy this woman was, walked over with sheer excitement over the conversation he was about to have. He shut her down very quickly with a definitive no. We don't do kids eat free. She tried to argue about it for a couple of minutes and every time she'd say something, the manager would curtly say no. Finally, she pays the bill and her family leave the restaurant with a huff and a puff. The look on her husband's face was a mix of pleasure because she didn't get her way and also fear because of how she was most likely going to behave the rest of the evening. The family left and the restaurant went right back to normal business. At 11 p.m. the restaurant was closed. All of the staff except the manager had left for the night. 
but he was getting ready to leave. Finally, he locked the front door and he walked out into the chilly night, made his way across the parking lot, pretty proud of how he handled the shift and how he put that woman in her place. He put the key in his door and was just about to turn it when everything went black. Several hours later, the manager woke up and realized he was tied to a chair. He scanned the room trying to figure out what the hell had just happened to him. He's looking all around the room in every dark corner and finally he comes to the last dark corner and out of that darkness emerges the woman from the restaurant. It was at that point that the manager knew he was fucked. Story 4 Scott's restaurant has been open for two years. Two very, very, very long years. Mostly things have been going great for him and his staff. But every time he got a bad online review, he would lose his mind. The first one-star review was over the wait time for a table. Scott would say to anybody who'd be willing to listen, Well, what the hell do they expect? It was a Friday night. The next one-star review was because the server was always at the table. And every other bad review was just as dumb as the first two. But with each bad review, Scott would grow colder and crazier driving his staff nuts. After a crazy-ass Friday night, Scott sat down to do the night drawer and reports. He knew he should have just go home right after him, but he decided he just couldn't help himself. He had to open up the app to see if there were any other bad reviews, and a new one had just been posted. He finally had had enough and decided, I'm going to do something about these idiot customers. So, he tracked down each and every one of those bad reviewers and not only gave them a very stern pre-shift meeting, but then he killed them, not with kindness. And our final spooky story. There's an old wise tale in the restaurant industry. You don't go to sleep right after a shift. Don't even think about taking a quick nap in between your doubles. Because if you do, you'll be visited by Chadwick Gruger in your dreams. Chadwick died a tragic death in the late 1600s. He was part of a group of what can only be described as dumbass men who decided to burn the village witches at the stake. Chadwick, being one of the cruelest of these dumbass men, wanted a front row viewing spot to the deaths. His clothes caught on fire and he ran to the nearest tavern for help. The tavern barkeep refused to help Chadwick out mainly because Chadwick was a notoriously bad tipper and honestly just a dick. So poor Chadwick burned to death. It was a gruesome way to go for good old Chadwick. But now he seeks revenge on that barkeep that let him die by haunting all of us other restaurant workers. He'll cut you, and not in a good way. He'll burn you, and he'll put you in the weeds. And there's nothing you can do about it. So make sure you drink several beers after your shift, because if you do happen to be visited by dear old Chadwick Gruger, at least you can do it drunk. Well, guys, we will continue our spooky month next week with another true crime podcast uh, with our dear friend Patrick. I hope you guys have a great weekend, make lots of money, and have a good Friday the 13th. Bye! are cut. Kitchen is closed. Don't forget to roll your silverware. Last call.